The focus goes to the men's end of the table at the Rostov dinner. The political talk heats up with war obviously on the horizon. Shinshin, the old codger who is related to Countess Rostova, wonders why they should be thrown into a war with Bonaparte. He notes that Napoleon has already stopped Austria's cackle, and this was even before the Battle of Austerlitz. Shinshin is prescient in saying, I fear our turn will be next. Then there is a colonel in the Russian army who is ethnically German, but patriotically very Russian. He responds, Because of the danger the emperor sees facing Russia, and the safety and dignity of the empire. And in the English translation, these little Z's are there to give his speech a German intonation. He then briefly quotes the historical manifesto, the Declaration of War, from Emperor Alexander. Tolstoy has incorporated a good number of these historical documents throughout the book. In short, the manifesto states that troops will be moved into war with the goal of establishing a lasting peace in Europe. And that would be quite a familiar theme through the next two-plus centuries in Europe. Shinshin even references the great Russian general Suvorov as getting hacked to pieces by the French. He notes that Suvorov was the elite and that he's no longer alive. And no one like Suvorov will be found now that Napoleon is even stronger than he was before. Suvorov, along with Napoleon, has to be on that great list of at least 10 best generals in history, although most historians would put Napoleon higher. Suvorov was a military leader who was famous for his writings and sayings such as, what is difficult in training becomes easy in battle. He attained the honorific Generalissimo, which is quite a rare designation. Many Russian military schools also still carry the name Suvorov. He died in the year 1800, about four or five years before the events that are being depicted in this chapter. Shinshin is referring to Suvorov's famous retreat from the French in the Alps in 1799 with about 23,000 men, who were surrounded by 80,000 French, led by General Messena. Suvorov's army suffered greatly, and in a sense could be considered hacked to pieces, but they never surrendered. Thousands died of the elements after trudging deep in the snow. Many of them also fell off steep cliffs in the Alps. About 16,000 survived, and that was considered a good enough result, whereby Suvorov was nicknamed the Russian Hannibal. Suvorov was quite worn out and became ill, and died within the next year. Back to the story. That German-Russian colonel is quite fired up, going on to say, We must be willing to die for our emperor and not argue among ourselves. He then turns to young Nicholas Rostov and asks what he thinks. Nicholas turned quite red but mustered up a, I entirely agree with you. We must die or conquer. The brave thoughts from the young man impressed everyone around him. Julie Karagin, who was staying quite close to Nikolai, congratulated him on his remarks, and Nikolai's love interest, Sonia, seethed with jealousy on the periphery. The colonel tells Nikolai that he is a true hussar. The colonel is so excited about the prospect of war that he starts thumping the table and gets the attention of the women at the other end. Maria Dmitrievna, the terrible dragon, she notes that the colonel is talking with such bravado It's as if the colonel actually thinks the French are at the table with him. She then relays that she has four sons going into the war 
and that the fate of them is in God's hands. The colonel also has a son going towards the front. While the adults are talking war, the kids, or the young people, are thinking of dessert. Young Natasha asks aloud what sweets will be coming. This is viewed as quite the childish interruption to grown-up conversation. Natasha speaks with a saucy gaiety, almost like she knows she's pulling a prank, possibly to change the tone of the conversation. Her confidence in bringing up dessert to the adults reduced Sonia and her little brother Petya to joyous laughter. Maria notes that ice cream is going to be served, but none for Natasha. Joking, of course. But Natasha continues, I want to know, I want to know, what type of ice cream is it going to be? Natasha even got all the adults laughing at this point, even her generally stoic mother. It was a marvelous way to break the tension. The response was, pineapple ice. Tolstoy paints a picture of there being champagne, then ices, then live orchestra music. It was quite the extravagant affair. The host, Ilya Rostov, toasted his wife and all rose to drink to her health. With this toast, the dinner was effectively winding down. It was an interlude to the next phase of the night, where the couples would leave the dining area and retreat to Ilya's study or the drawing room.